Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Chris Stone, King Fitzgerald, and this is the Blues Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Blues Podcast. My name is Big Boy Bloater. Now, as always, I've got a fantastic treat for you guys out there. And uh, yeah, this is this is a great one. I tell you, this guy is absolutely ripping up the blues scene at the moment. Really, really is uh, making a big, loud noise. And it's a fantastic noise. I want to say a big hello and welcome to Chris Kingfish Ingram. Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, let's get one thing out of the way first. Do you prefer Chris or Kingfish or Christoph? Which, which, Chris Stone, which, which do you prefer? Oh man, anyone's cool. You can even you can even do king or fish. You, king or fish. You, you, you ah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. A man who's, who's chilled out about his name. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. I like that very much indeed. How you been doing in that in the whole pandemic thing, man? I mean, it's just a crazy world at the moment, right? Man, uh, yeah, man. Stuff is kind of uh, stuff is kind of strange right now. That's all I can. That's, that's pretty much the best way I can put it. Yeah. Uh, I just been trying to. Uh, I just been trying to utilize the time. Uh, I spent. I spent most of the time writing with others, and uh, uh, I'm fresh out. Actually, uh, just recording my second album with Tom Hambridge. Uh, I spent. I spent a lot of time uh, writing again with him and Richard Fleming. So yeah. So so yeah. I kind of. I kind of utilize this time to my best ability. Yeah. I guess you haven't been doing many gigs right at the moment. Uh man, not at all, man. Uh not anything in person. Uh we just did a, a live stream show, but it was crowdless. But other than that, uh I've been doing a lot of uh, uh like live stream shows from home and stuff like that for festivals yeah. and everything. How how's that for you? Because it's kind of weird, right? Playing to an audience but not getting any reaction, you know, because you know they're there. Yeah, but- you know. You know, it, it, it's cool, but at the same time, you know, you you know, you need those people to feed off that energy, you know. And you no, know, after a while, you get used to it. But you know, you know, at a certain point, you're like, man, I need some, you know, I need some interaction, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly how you feel, man. It's it's a weird, weird world we're living in at the moment, right? It really is. For sure, for sure. So I always like to kick these uh, these podcasts off by sort of going back to the early days and. Um, I mean, for a lot of the guys I speak to, for some of it, it's quite it's, it's quite hard for them to remember because it's so long ago. But <laughs> you're just a young guy, 21 years old, right? Living in Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is, you know, must be the pretty much the epicenter of the blues. Oh, for sure. Was it a, just a was it just a, a given thing that you were going to listen to blues music? Well, you know, um, I kind of I kind of feel that way myself. I uh, I lived right next to a blues man. Well, well let me uh, let me back up. My dad. First, took me to the uh, Delta Blues Museum uh, after he showed me a PBS documentary on uh, on, uh, on Muddy Waters. Uh, then uh, I enrolled in the class there uh, later on in life. But then after that, I I lived right next to a blues band. Uh, some of the some of the some of the local legends uh, at the time, I would go and sit in their sessions, and and so I was pretty much like exposed to it twenty four seven. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you started off on the drums, right? I'm hearing this quite a lot these days. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, that was like a church thing. Right. Uh, you know, my um, uh, my mom, uh, she used to sing uh, in uh, quartet gospel, uh, and on and on her side of the family, all of my uncles, all of my cousins play, sing in church. You know, the um, pretty much the whole nine yards, yeah. and uh, that's where that came from. And then, but uh, when I got into the blues, I kind of went, I kind of started on bass. And then um, went to guitar, 
And um, every now and then I would get back on drums or something like that, a jam or something like that. Right, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So what was what was the idea about kind of starting on bass? Was that a, a thought out <clears> thing, or was it just like, hey, we need a bass player, <laughs> bass guitar available, or you know, why was that? Okay, so here's what happened. When I uh, started in the uh, Blues Museum, I first started on guitar. And, I, you know, we, you know, chubby dude, you know, fingers, I, yep. you know, I can get it. So, yeah, yeah, you know, so I came back to class one day and I remember I told, uh, I told, I told uh, Mr. Richard, uh, a.k.a. Daddy Rich, one of my, um, one of my mentors there. I was like, man, uh, let me try the thing with the four strings on it. I didn't know what it was, you know. So I got on. I was like, yeah, I'm liking this. And I, I felt comfortable. And like, man, next couple of months, I was doing like solid 145 bass lines, you know, uh, doing like, you know, some simple, some simple pentatonic runs, you know. So uh, and next thing you know, I started gigging around town and I became like the backup bass player for like all the uh, bands in town. They bass player couldn't show. They would call me and I was like 11 and juke joints and stuff playing bass. 11. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That in church. And yeah. that's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> So the, yeah, the gigs man. in the evening and the church the next day, right? Oh. Yeah, man. <laughs> yep. Saturday yeah. night, Friday night. Yeah. Sunday morning back in church, right? Yeah. yeah. You already know. Yeah, it was like, it was mandatory for my mom. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, started off on drums and then and then the bass. That must have given you a pretty good, that must be kind of pretty good training for now when you're playing guitar. You kind of know... What, how to talk to those guys and how to explain what you want and you know how know how they work and how they feel that that must be pretty right. a good thing to have in your arsenal right right because with the drums and the bass you know that's the solid foundation and you know and as a bass player you have to work well with the drummer and I even applied that you know with guitar you know even with rhythm guitar playing you have to be percussive and on point with the you know uh, bass drum and the and the, uh, and the bass player so for sure you know it's a you know, it always leads back to it always leads back to the drum and bass for me. You know, for the foundation for sure. Yeah, the foundation, the backbone of any band, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. right for sure. Absolutely, it's great that you got a good insight into it. So you, you went to the, you went to the bass for a while, and then what got you back to guitar? What made you think? Yeah, uh, hang on a minute. No, I, yeah, it's the, it's the guitar that I really want to play. What what is it about it that started calling you back to it? Well, I'll, I'll be truthful. You know. uh, uh, that was an incident that happened one night, you oh, know, yeah. uh, with a, uh, 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 with, you know, uh, with the local artist <laughs> and I was playing bass for him. And, um, after that incident, I told my mom, I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to do my own thing. Let me see what I can do. Cause at that time I had, I felt, I, I just felt like, you know, I, I played with everybody in town and I felt like I, you know, you know, got my feet wet as far as like playing with different people in the city and I want to see man let me let me see if I can take a swing at doing this and if I and if I can't I can go back man aside dude and you know doing my proper training. So um you know you know it's cool being a bass player and you know and you know in front of your own band. It's better playing guitar I think. <laughs> so uh, I got a guitar. I remember my dad and my stepmom bought me a guitar uh for Christmas when I was in sixth grade and I started playing. And that was like when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and here we are, here we are. So what what was the uh, the the incident? Can we elaborate on that, or is that like a no go area, man? Uh, dealing with pay, 
And, you know, I was too young to pretty much you know, say something, you know, my, and my mom said something to the people, you know, you know, who was in authority and, you know, some stuff went down and it just wasn't pretty, you know? And so, uh, that was that, you know, all, you know, all kind of felt well afterwards, but at the time it was kind of, it wasn't bad, you yeah, know, yeah. so everything's all good. So for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think I got the, I think I got the picture of that. Yeah. So yeah, you know, <laughs> you get back on guitar. What, what, uh, what guitar were you playing first off early in those days? We do like talking about guitars here on the, on the blues podcast. So let's, let's talk guitars. First. So all the guitars that I was getting in the beginning when I couldn't play them, my dad, I remember the first thing he got me was a harmony. But at that time, my first real guitar, I, 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 uh, I call it, it was an Epiphone, uh, 335 dot. I was into like the hollow buys at the time. Cause I was like, I was studying guys like, you know, BB King, Freddie King, Otis Rush, you know, so that, that, you know, uh, even Johnny Guitar Watson, you know, that hollow body, the hollow body sounded something cool in the blues, you know? So that, and, uh, I went to a Strat and, uh, went to an Epiphone 339. This is a assortment of stuff, dude. I was into anything that looked good and sounded good at the time. I had an Ibanez, uh, Ibanez Les Paul copy type thing. It was dope, man, for sure. But well, that's interesting. You say anything that, that looked good and sounded good. I mean, what, what, come on, what guitars out there? I know there's a few, but what guitars out there don't look good? I mean, they're all kind of pretty sexy, right? <laughs> man, you're right, man. Uh, it's funny you say, I just, I was just in the studio like a couple of nights ago. Now, uh, the runner on the studio engineer, uh, Abu Mitchell, he was like, hey, man, I got this, I got this Gibson 345 here, man. And he pulled it out, man. It was dope. And I got some great, I got some great, like, got some great Lynn Milton vibes off of it, man. It's really dope. And, it was red and it definitely had like a sexy sleek look to it. And I think I think you'll love it since you like the sex in those guitars and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds right. My street, man, really does. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Muddy Waters, because he was one of the the guys that really kind of inspired you to get into the blues, right? Right. What right, was right? Uh, I mean, what, was it you were like about five years old when you first heard of Muddy Waters? Yeah, five, six years old, like somewhere in that little room. Man, what what is it? about Muddy Waters that kind of, you know, this guy from way back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, what is it that speaks to a kid who's five or six years old, you know? Well, 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 I'll be honest, you know, even though the blues is, you know, originally, uh, is originally vocal music, uh, and, you know, you should be more focused on the voice and the guitar playing. It was the guitar playing that caught me. And just the piercing sound of his slide is just, something that caught my attention. Yeah. And um, when I heard him singing, he just had like one of the smoothest voices, and if not the smoothest voice in the blues ever. So uh, just all of that. And, you know, he was, you know, he was a hometown boy, even though he was, uh, you know, he was born in Rolling Fork, even, you know, uh, he spent a lot of time here and, you know, in my area. So just to find out that about him just, you know, made me, made me gravitate to him for sure. I mean, I love Muddy Waters. Like you say, the, the slide guitar, the playing, the, the, Everything is just absolutely perfect. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I remember my my favorite song uh, by him uh, was uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights. That was like one of the first. That one, and Can't Be Satisfied. That was like the first two cuts I heard by him. And um, I pretty much like Honey Bee and a whole lot more, man. Dope, for sure. A lot of those uh, those early uh, Chicago recordings as well. You know, Little Walt was playing harmonica and he got, you know, just the greatest band on there. It's just, you know, Jimmy Rogers as well on guitar. Yo, it? Jimmy Rogers. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just what a lineup, you know, just, uh, you can't imagine a, a, 
seeing a band like that, I, I, I would, I would love to have seen that band in their prime. Really would. Oh yeah, man, yeah, man. They were, they were like, they were like headhunters as they, yeah. <laughs> as they yeah. put it in that time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, formidable. Yeah, yeah. Something else I wanted to ask about, and uh, where's the name come from? Kingfish. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I want to know about that. One of my one of my mentors back at the Delta Blue Museum, Bill Howland Matt Perry. Uh he he's a Hill Country Blues uh he's a Hill Country Blues musician out of Abbeville, Mississippi. And he used to give like all the the kids like nicknames and stuff like in the classroom. We used to think of them as stage names. And when it got down to me, uh it was Kingfish. And I think it was like some type of reference to uh original sitcom, one of the first black sitcoms, uh Amos and Andy. And at first, I didn't like it, you know, but it kind of stuck. And people at school and around town, people would call it and stuff my real name. So uh, I kind of just kept the name because, you know, King reminds me of the Three Kings of the Blues, you know, Albert, Freddie, and BB. And, you know, the fish just reminds me of Muddy Water. So I just kept it, you know, for that aspect. Well, this is a pretty cool name, man. I mean, you know, you should try being called Big Boy Bloater. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 man, hey, man, uh, hey, man. Uh, your name sounds a little cooler. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of stuck with it. <laughs> I'm used to it, but yeah. I want to ask you uh, a little bit, if it's okay, about your mum. Because uh, yeah. you lost your mum last year, right? Yes, sir. Uh, December, December. Yeah, and and you uh, you, you did uh, the song Rock and, Ro- Rock and Roll, right? It's especially for her. I heard that you um, you adapted the lyrics from somebody else's song a little bit to just so to fit it to make it fit your mum. I mean, I, I listened to the song; it's fantastic, great song, really a great tribute Thank as you. well. And uh, just wanted to know how it came about, really. What made you decide to use that particular song? Well, uh, shortly after my mom's passing, we did a uh, we did a show in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, my manager introduced me to this uh, singer by the name of Ashley Ray. And um, I met her, and she Dave was like, "Man, she had uh, uh, she has this song, um, rock and roll, and I want you to hear it." And he let me hear it, and it was, uh, you know, and it was beautiful. And he was like, "Man, I, I think you should do something with this, and you know, let's try to change some things around and give it like, you know, you know, the uh, you know, like an ode to your mom." And I was for it, so we did it, uh, flipped some things around, and well, first put it like this: we got her permission. <laughs> And, uh, uh, we, uh, you know, we flipped some things around and, uh, I was really, uh, pleased with the, you know, with the, uh, come out because, uh, that was my biggest champion for sure. And I was, I was really proud of the song for sure. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. I mean, you should definitely should be proud. Talking about your mum still a bit as well. I understand her cousin's Charlie Pride, right? I mean, an absolutely massive country singer. Did yeah. country get into your music at all anywhere along the way? Well, um, where to be honest, uh, I feel like uh, working with Tom Hambridge on the first record, uh, when we did the Listen song, it had some country vibes to it. And uh, Tom is just a great writer. He has a, uh, he's, he's, he's blues and rock, but I feel like he has like this little country element in his writing too. So uh, I feel like that was like my first introduction uh, uh, to country. And even though, and, uh, and even his rock and roll song, uh, the song is called Rock and Roll, but it's definitely got some country vibes in it as well. Yeah. So yeah. for sure, I'm 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 creeping in slowly into that field. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I wanted to also talk to you about. And um, growing up in in uh, in Clarksdale, Mississippi, where you did, and being surrounded by blues, were your 
friends? I mean, was everybody into the blues music, or is, were a lot of your friends kind of into the mo- mo- more modern stuff and all that kind of thing? Get any you know stick for that in the in the schoolyard or? Uh, all all the all the all my classmates, you know, they would you know some of them would come up to me and they'd be like, man, how you like that? You know, old you know depressing type stuff. And I would you know I would tell them, you know, it's it's old and I won't call it depressing, man. It's kind of like history, you know. Uh, you know, I'm doing this for the culture. You know, you know, this is our history. You know, I'll, you know, if it wasn't for this, you wouldn't have all the things you listen to today. You know, you know, uh, you know, as the late great Willie Dixon put it, you know, the uh, blues is the root and everything else is the fruit. So, man, it's you know, just it's great to listen to where all that stuff came from. Like, man, rap, all of that was all of that was going on in the sixties, man, in different ways. You know, you, you know, you just got to go back and just got to go back and study and listen to it. For sure, yeah. So, I mean, were you picking up on anything that your friends were playing in the kind of modern stuff, or you were like, just like, no, I just want to, I just want to do the blues, man. Oh no, oh no, oh no, um, not at all. I would, I would never be like that about it. I actually, I actually listen to rap and and uh, and modern day R and B and stuff like that. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, like '90s uh, uh, classic hip hop, southern hip hop, uh, West Coast G funk type stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, some of the uh, some of the stuff going on today, I really don't listen to that much. But I do like some uh, artists, uh, her, a lot of whole art of rappers too, for sure. Yeah, because I was I was like I said, I was listening to rock and roll earlier, and it's from a lot of your early stuff, which is pretty you know straightforward. I mean, a lot of it, you know, some of it to me sounded BB King. I thought, wow, you know, this is fantastic, great stuff. But then you know, rock Thank and roll. It, You've moved it on a little bit with that. It's this, there's some more different modern influences coming through in that. I could definitely hear that. You Are you ex- planning to expand even further out into kind of modern genres and mix it up a bit more? Oh, yeah, for sure. Here's the thing. At, at the end of the day, the gist is, I don't know for anyone else, but for me, the gist is to get more people to see that kids, specifically young black kids, you know, to get people to see that people, you know, that we're still, in, you know, in this music. And I feel like one of the ways that we can, you know, bring them in, just, you know, make some, make some of that modern stuff in there and attract them that way. And then once we get them in, just sit them down and teach them about the raw, about the real raw things, you know, I feel like that's one of the ways we can get them. And that's, and that's what I try to do. I think that's happened all throughout the years. I mean, there's been blues players since blues was born and it's 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 moved on it's changed as it? it's, it's progressed it's kind of gone through all these you know metamorphoses kind of things but whenever a new player comes out and people sit up and listen hey i like that they always end up going well what did that guy listen to and they end up going back to the roots kind of thing and that's exactly that's exactly exactly great thing about exactly it's like it's like it's like it's like samples and rap songs, man. You know, people people actually go back and want to hear that type of stuff, man. It's it's you know, if we if we if we just mix some of that in some of that, you know, you know, in uh in our blues and attract them, you know, I think we can get a whole new whole new generation on this stuff, man. Instead of always saying that they're not into it. You know. So you'd be pretty happy if someone sampled one of your records for for you know for something for another. Oh, most definitely, most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. I, yeah, man, I would definitely like that for sure. A favorite <laughs> artist that you would say, yeah, I'd love such and such to like sample one of my guitar licks or a bit of my vocal or something for DJ Quick. Uh, I 
I played on a Bun B song. That was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, anybody else, man, anybody else for sure. Snoop, anybody. <laughs> Just getting the word out there, right? Spread the word, you know. It's uh, for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure, man, for sure, man. If 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 it uh, uh if it permits, for sure, man, I would love to, man, for sure. Um, I want to ask you about your, uh, your your TV work. You've had a little bit of stuff on TV, right? And um, I was mm-hmm. seeing that uh, Luke Cage, which is like a Marvel TV series thing. Uh, I'm not seeing it. I don't. I don't. I don't I'm, not, I'm not down with the kids. I don't know what these programs. Are. I, I, I I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but what really caught my eye was um, you sung a couple of songs on there. You were kind of like a cameo sort of guest appearance thing. You were singing on there. And you sung a Screaming Joe Hawkins song. I put a spell on you. How did mm-hmm. that come around? Were you already doing that song, or was it something they suggested? Okay, so uh, it's, 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 it's funny how we got there. What happened was uh, we was we, we was riding down the road one day, and my mom was telling me uh, there's a show called Luke Cage that uh, you might like, and uh, and you know because they had all the uh, all the music performances and stuff like on there. So I went and watched it, and I'm like, man, this is dope. And I just made a joke. I was just like, man, maybe if we get called for the second season, you know, we do something. And like, I guarantee you, man, like, maybe like two nights later, I got this message. You know, I'm so-and-so producer for Luke Cage. You know, let's do it. So, at you know, because I didn't have any original music at the time, they they were the ones, I think they kind of uh, spearheaded with my manager and what songs to do. So Thrillers Gone was the first choice, and I put a spell on you. I put a spell on you. I was a little bit uh, apprehensive because that was a song that I, I had never did live before. Really? And, uh, you know, One of my favorite yeah, songs you know, ever, all time, man. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, and you know, and I love, I love Screaming Jay Hawkins, but I was never, you know, the one to be like, I'm not going to put a spell on somebody, you know, something like that. <laughs> you know, so uh, when we did it, the song came out great, man. And it's just been, it's just been like a, a, a crowd, uh, a crowd uh, cover favorite, you know, every now and then in the show, someone hollered it out and everyone likes it for sure. Yeah, that's a great version. I mean, I, I like I say, I love the song. I loved it ever since I heard Screaming Jay Hawkins do. So many people yeah. covered it and I thought, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. But yeah, great version. Man. Right, I really right. liked it, yeah. Thank you. Really Thank liked you. it indeed. Uh, you're 21 years old now, right? I mean, you've been in the business, well, pretty much all your life really, haven't you? Uh, I, I, I want to say I, I started. I started. Well, I got my first paying gig like in eleven. So, and 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 the things I was doing was like tied into the blues world. So, I guess I, you know, I got a little bit, <laughs> but I'm still out here paying dues though. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Still getting my feet wet. <laughs> what do, What do you think about all these these blues guys are like in the sixties and seventies and they're still playing? You know, you, you see yourself doing that. Oh yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm be doing this to the day I die, man. I, I hope uh, if, if, if God's willing, you know, I, I get to those guys' as, uh, age, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I hope so. I can, you know, I can still be around, you know, uh, in adult diapers and all that, playing, you know, uh, playing the blues and playing, you know, playing my guitar, whatever, for sure. <laughs> um, I see. Also, as well, you played at the White House. I mean, how? That must have been a real honor. Uh, you know what? Well, sometimes I forget I did that. <laughs> that <laughs> it's was a dream. Uh, it's just like, ah, oh, did I? Yeah, that real man. Was a dream, man. It's, uh... Yeah, that was a. Uh, I went to late 2014. I was with the Delta Blue Museum. Uh, it was me and four other four uh, uh, four other boys. Uh, we had gotten a, we had gotten an award along with I want to say like twelve different other uh, uh, young uh, youth uh, type of programs around the country. 
And it was a, a great experience, man. Got to play for the uh, uh, got to play for the first lady Michelle Obama, and it was quite an experience, man. Got to hang in the White House with dope. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's amazing. But I say, twenty-one years old, and um, I've got a couple of fan questions here. Actually, I want to just uh, why we're kind of on this subject. Um, cool. Uh, James Vaughan has uh, emailed in and said you were nom- nominated for a Grammy in, in twenty twenty. Congratulations, well done, man. That's a- could you oh, ever you. <laughs> imagine a recognition like this coming so early in your career? I mean, when you started, did you think, ah, oh, you know, in ten years' time, yeah, I'll be, I'll be getting nominated for the Grammys and all that, you know? So. Oh man, no, not at all, man, not at all. I here's the thing: I always tell people, I was like, I knew one day it would probably come, <laughs> you know, you know, just you know, having that hope and faith. But you know, I didn't. Now, if you would have told me back when I was like fifteen to twelve to fifteen that I was gonna be nominated for like a Grammy like at age 20 21 I would just I would probably just laugh that shit and then and just walked away I no nah, so I'm definitely grateful to all the fans and the team and well God first and all everybody you know for what they've done you know to get me to this you know point for sure so yeah. but to answer the original question not at all not at all and not at all the the uh the album that the Grammy was nominated for that that was your first album right I mean that's uh how many people can say my yeah my baby <laughs> record man I go back to what I just said man I can't believe it man I hey it's just out here trying to you know trying to pray for dude man you know just you know you know keep trying to keep trying to achieve higher man I can't believe it myself sometimes. <laughs> Uh, here's, another, here's another question for you. This one comes from uh, Jules Spanch. Jules says, uh, where do you think the blues will go in the next 10 years? Can you see it being taken back uh, towards the mainstream in a similar way the White Stripes took it kind of 20 years ago? Uh, well, for one, uh, I don't think the blues itself went anywhere. I mean, you yeah. know... Uh, yeah, you know, you know, one thing about the root, the root is always going to be there. You know, when, you know, when everything is back to a stump, that root is always going to be there. Uh, and not only if you look at blues, not the genre, the way things are happening in the world, you know, blues is always going to be there. So we always going to need that, that to cry on. So for sure, it always be there. Now, as far as like blues guitar going back into the mainstream, I maybe. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, we would just have to see. But as far as like blues itself, blues is life. So that's always going to be there for sure. I think it. Yeah, I think it is always there. But it's kind of like a like like a wave, isn't it? It just kind of flows in and out, you know, through it. Yeah, time. yeah, they. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, um, you know, it's like you know, some people have that theory. You know, they think like you know, every now and then, you know, uh, be like this, you know, big, you know, uh, big. Um, big blues mainstream wave, you know, like that. But I feel like, you know, there are so many people out here that's out here doing their thing. John Tavis Willis, Marquise Knox, uh, Sean McDonald. Uh, man, even, you know, even one of the guys I look to, uh, I look up to uh, Gary Clark Jr., Eric Gales, man, a whole lot of people out here that's out here bringing like a different, a different flavor, but, you know, you know old traditional vibes and bringing that wave back yeah. for sure. Yeah. Or just bringing it here because, like I said, never went anywhere. <laughs> Who else, you know, in the, who's way up there in the blues fields these days? Are you, are you listening to and thinking, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I'm digging that. Man, uh, Eric Gills, yeah. uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, 
a lot of um a lot of my friends in the business like uh, Anika Chambers and uh a Southern Avenue um like I said uh like I said Jontavius Willis uh Ava Castilla uh like a whole different lot of um like a whole different lot of artists I I, I listen to a lot of music it's a whole lot of different artists I want to work with like you know like her and you know some soul guys and you know everything man a whole lot of things I want to do yeah yeah here's another here's another fan question um this is this one's from Alice Lydon, and uh, Alice says, "Where is your favorite place that you have ever played in your career?" <laughs> Don't say at home. <laughs> <laughs> ah man, traffic. L.A. It's just something yeah. about L.A. Man, every time we go to L.A., man, the vibes are just cool. It's just it's something about L.A. Something about L.A. is just you know it's cool. Um, and overseas, I always thought I always thought Switzerland was dope. When we went to Switzerland, we had a fun time over there. The people was nice, the food was good, everything was cool. Uh, yeah. So those two places for sure. Oh, you ever see yourself move, moving like to LA one day, or maybe? I mean, this you know, it's such a great music scene going on there. Yeah, I actually, I actually had planned to this year, but you know, when you know the big thing happened, yep. you know, it kind of you, you kind of stop you in your tracks, you know. So yeah. Uh, I, I actually want to. I actually want to one day. I see my. I see. I see myself moving out there, either there, uh, maybe Chicago or Nashville. Yeah, you could do kind of a you know, couple of years in each, and then then, then go around. Man, that's around too much here. work, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got. I've got one more fan question. We always get this fan question, and it's it's a weird one, I know, but uh, let's go with it. Uh, Roland Tumble wants to know. What do you prefer, guitar shopping or clothes shopping? Guitar shopping? Uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, I do I do kind of, sometimes I can get heavy on both a little bit. Uh, uh, I would say guitar shopping. Even though, even though, even though, like, even though, like, I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead, like, I love sneakers to the fullest, but, like, guitar shopping, like, you know, anything, like, I'm into, like, rare PV stuff. Uh, really? Yeah. Like uh, I was checking. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, like those old PVT sixties. I love those. It's a, it's actually an old PV guitar. I'm out trying to find now, like a PV Horizon. Yeah, I'm always out guitar shopping for sure. You are know, you a bit uh, of a guitar holder? New Fender stuff. Are you? Are you? Yeah. Are, are you someone who's gonna have you know a whole a whole room full of guitars in the next few years because you just can't let go? Oh yeah, I I, I, I think I think I have like maybe a little bit under thirty now at the moment. And is that is that yeah. about right or uh <laughs> <laughs> he says about right. Yep, about right, about right, baby. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Right. What's your favorite guitar at the moment? Which which is which is the go-to one? Man, uh I got back into strats heavily, man. So strats, you know, pretty I, I, I really dope, man. Yeah, um at first I was uh I was playing that um I was playing my custom LP and my custom Tilly Paul from um a guy named Michael Shertoff. He's uh he's located on the East Coast. And uh, I was really big into like Gary Moore and all the Humbucker guys. So the LP kind of fit my tone, but then I kind of switched it up like in the last year or so. And I uh, got a strat and it gave me like a little bit of uh diversity in, in tone. So yeah, I'm you know, and I'm still kind of, you know, experimenting, you know, with some stuff, humbucker, single core type stuff for sure. Yeah, so you're you're up for uh, for mixing it up, kind of when it comes to uh, comes to mm -hmm. 
what would be your you but, know? but 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 sometimes I will say this though, man. I I love picking up a good hollow body and just playing some, you know, Lynn Milton BB type licks and stuff like that. You know, one that day I you know I, I love... a completely different vibe for you. Do you find yourself playing in a slightly different style with like a hollow body compared to a solid body? Oh, oh yeah, for sure, man. Because it gives you like it, it just you know you pick up a hollow body and it's like it's. It's immediately like a blues guitar, you know. It feels like that. It feels like something that you should be using, you know, you know, for the blues. So yeah, man, it's a, definitely comfortable in you know my hand. When when was the last time you got on the drums? Oh uh, man, <laughs> I almost cursed, man. My bad. Uh, uh, when was the last time I got on the drums? It's been like years. <laughs> you don't miss it. Uh, it's a whole lot of work. I think so. I think so. I think to me, you know, uh, uh, even though uh, even though the guy's sitting down, I think I think he's doing a whole lot more work, you know, than me and the bass player for sure. You know, moving his hands and feet and feet and stuff like that. I think just setting the things up, you know, just carrying all the cases in from the van, and you know, it's... <laughs> I be feeling sorry for my drummer sometimes when he come in with the stuff. He had the gloves. He be he had and he has a he has a big setup, so he he. He'd be the last, first one to get there, last one to leave. Yeah. Well, you know, my drummer's the same, man. He's got this huge setup. And, I, mm. you know, I say to him, look, if you want to bring all those drums, that's cool, man. But, you know, he's 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 real good about it. <laughs> but he loves to have all these drums and kinds of things going on. And it's like, well, you know, it's your, your, it's your responsibility. <laughs> I'm just going to pack my hey. guitar away and go to the bar, you know. Okay, I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I, hey, I give it to you. I give it to you. <laughs> um. Listen, I've got this really big question that I always ask to everybody who comes on the Blues podcast, and I'm going to run it by mm-hmm. you now. It's it's a kind of a strange question, but uh, let me explain it and, and go with it. Just try and go with it. So, um, okay, I want you to imagine if you can that we're we're in the future, a little way in the future, like you know, uh, you're 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 old, okay? You know, I don't know, you know you don't know mm-hmm. what that feels like yet, but trust me, man, it's it's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you, you know, you, you're getting to be an old man. Um, and uh, the world is is a much much happier place in the future because this is the future that I've made up. Uh, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a big meteorite coming towards the Earth, and it's gonna it's gonna hit the Earth in the next week or so. So um, the president of the world there's a, there's a president now who ru- who runs the whole world, keeps everything calm and nice, and everybody's loving each other. It's kind of great. President gets on mm-hmm. the phone and he says to you, Kingfish. Man, we you know you heard about this uh, big rock that's going to come and hit us. We need to throw mm. the biggest party that the Earth has ever seen to go out on. You know, we got we got to get this big party going. We want you to come down here. We want you to play a song, a special song. Pick a special band. What is the song going to be, and who's going to be in the band? Damn, <laughs> tough one, right? Right, man, because, like, cause, you know, because I'm trying to see, like, what theme I want to go with. Like, do I want to go, like, with the apocalypse, you know, like, like you know, signs of the times or something like that? Man, honestly, I would just jam. I would just jam on something. I would just jam on something until the media hits. Yeah, I would just jam. <laughs> I would just, I would just, yeah, I would, <laughs> we would just, bro, we'll lock up a funk thing up in E, and we'll just continue with everybody Trey solo until the media hit. Just going to take go everyone's mind off it and just say, no, just, just yeah. turn up. This is the music, and we're just, you know, yeah. You know what? You know what? It's best if it happens unexpectedly. Yeah. You know, we won't know what hit us. Yeah, just yeah, do yeah. it like that, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Everybody gets drunk, high, and <laughs> we good. <laughs> we good. And who, who's going to be in the band with you? 
Oh man, uh I probably had like Boosie on bass, Boosie Collins, uh Eric Gills like, to be up there. We're in the future, so you're gonna have holograms of anyone. Ah, gotcha, you, you got like. you. So it could be, you know, it could be anyone. Oh, holograms. Oh man, Prince. <laughs> uh 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 I get I would get I would get I would get uh I'll get James Brown band up there, the whole band, the JB, nice. everybody up there. Hendrix, because I want to see him and Prince go at it. Eric <laughs> Gills, just everybody, everybody, everybody just 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 have like a funk rock type thing up there, man, for sure. Yeah, man, in living uh not not in but uh a uh, a living color. Uh, code of personality, I was up there for sure. <laughs> Sounds like a good party, man. Yeah, I, 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 hope, hey, I, uh, yeah, I man. hope I can make it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Listen, finally, I just want to finish up by, you know, um, absolutely love what you're doing at the moment. It's, it's great stuff. It's great to see, you know, the blues coming up again, uh, rising through the, the youth and all that sort of thing. Where do you see yourself maybe in 10 or 20 years? I see myself, uh, hopefully I'll have like some, you know, artists, you know, that I'll be out, you know, helping out, you know, doing something, but I'll still be making music myself, you know, uh, still finding different ways to, you know, lead young people on to the blues and hopefully, you know, uh, doing what I love. Just keep on doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, just, uh, keep on trucking. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, any advice for uh, for blues players just before we go? Anything you can think of? Hey, you know, wish I'd known this when I was starting out. Man, something I definitely wish I'd known when I was starting out. I, I put it like back in 2016. I had this. I had this phase where I just went through fast shredding, like it wasn't you know, like it wasn't shit, you know. So I wish, I wish, I wish somebody would have. Well, they did teach me this at the blues museum, but I, I put it like. I wish I would have understood more about feel, you know, at, at that time. And uh, I, I think that's something that, you know, people should get into. And uh, I wish I, I wish I would have knew more about being diverse at the time. So be diverse and, you know, feel, you know, the stuff that you're playing for sure. And kick ass. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I sure. just thought of one more question. Um, just, I think we can just about squeeze this. Just got time. Um, Quite often when I'm talking to guys here on the Blues Podcast, it's uh, a lot of the guys are at the other end of their career, shall we say, from you kind of thing, like, you know, they're kind of looking back. Mm -hmm. And a question that they often get asked is, um, what would you say to your younger self? I want to I flip that around now and, and, and really mess with your head and say, what would, what would the 21-year-old Kingfish say to the 60-year-old Kingfish? 60? Yeah. Why not? You said 60 or 16? 6-0, yeah. 6-0. Hey, hey. I hope all of this is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, and I, uh, and you made it to 60, so like you prevailed, you know, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I'll be saying, I'm glad to see you're still here. You made it. It's, uh, it's a good thing. Right, right, right. We, we here. <laughs> we at the cusp, yeah. Uh, Kingfish, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, man. Uh, I wish you all the success going forward. And I'm you know, going to be watching you and listening to you uh, for many, many years to come, I hope. So uh, 
Yeah. Oh, th- oh man, I, I got I got I got one more answer. Uh, hit it. Hit me. Uh, let's go back to the question where you uh, where you asked uh, uh, who would I have at the gym session. I had one more person. I don't know if you're familiar with who Nate Dog is, but I would definitely have a hologram of him up there with us jamming up there too. So for sure. Cool. Yeah, we'll, I, I, we'll put in we'll put in a word for that. And uh, yeah, by the time that yeah. meteorite hits, we'll get that sorted. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Man, it's been great fun talking to you. Thanks a lot. So if you've enjoyed this, why not like and subscribe to the Blues Podcast right now? All right. <laughs>